Donovan Ruckman here with another episode of Crew 3 Podcast, brought to you by our proud supporters at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Chuck in a buck, pay the $5 tier to get an exclusive piece of content every month, or join the $15, $20 international to get that monthly swag bag, which should be going out this weekend, next weekend. I just got to get Chris the mailing list. Yep. Uh, and of course, speaking of Chris, with me as always are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. Hey, how's it going? So... I know what people are thinking. So this is going to say Crew 3's one-year anniversary special, but this is only episode 50. Well, like I said, we took two weeks off last December, uh, one for my trip to Disney and then one for actual Christmas. Probably not taking one off for Disney this year, but we'll probably take another one off for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, yeah. So this is technically our one-year anniversary, I think, actually. It lines up the, with the date that we did it. Yeah. 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 It, when the, When the podcast comes out, yeah, there'll be like a day or two off. Yeah, from uh, from the uh, the other release, yeah, that's how time works. Leap year, yeah, that's how time works. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so this week we are going to go over the the metagame report like usual. We've got a bunch of Q and A, so we'll start with the metagame report. But before we get to the metagame report, actually, we're going to go over our monthly webcam event because we got results for that. Hey, uh, Ricky and I decided, hey, because it was extra life. Oh, actually, hold on. Speaking of extra life. I think I have to announce the winner of our giveaway. Oh, let's do it. Oh. Unfortunately, we didn't quite get to our goal, but we still raised a good chunk of money. And I'm very happy to everyone and thankful for everyone who donated. Uh, That money is going to definitely go to a great cause and help out a lot of wonderful people in need. And because of that, you know, we're not giving away the box, but there's still a collector's pack of Zendikar Rising to be mailed out. And I'm happy to announce that Minjisku who also played in the webcam event will be receiving that wonderful collector's pack of Zendikar rising. So round of applause for Minjisku. And again, thank you to everyone else who did donate. If you haven't donated yet and still would like to, you know, you're not be able to get into the giveaway, but the donation links will stay in the description for all of our stuff. And they are accepting donations until the end of the year. So if you still feel like giving some money, you know, you come to a little bit of money here or there, maybe, like checking in some money. There you go. The links always be there. So let's talk about that webcam event, which, hey, I think because I finally were to make decklist public for once, actually got reported on cart on MTG Goldfish. So that was kind of neat to see that event go up there. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have to dig through MTG Melee links to go find our event decklist. You can go find them actually just on MTG Goldfish proper under the Pioneer events. Uh, so of course, like I was saying, that was extra life. We streamed it. Ricky and I did some commentary. Obviously, wasn't the best setup. We had to jump through some hoops. It's kind of like a last minute decision. But I think all that was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not really sure if we're gonna do that kind of commentary for the webcams going forward. Like I said, there's a bunch of hoops to jump through. So that's that's up for a little bit of a debate. Probably for sure not this next one in December, but. It's something we could talk about going forward. But anyway, uh, that was, of course, taken down by new Crew 3 champion, Sir Epicness, playing one heck of a brew with some Selesnia Enchantress. More on that deck in a little bit here. Uh, second place was going to our former now Crew 3 two-time champion, Wonky Wombat, playing his usual mono-red burn. We had some other fun lists there. We had El Cappy playing Dragons for Ricky, right? Yeah, uh, we watched the Dragons deck play. Uh, it was uh, doing well. We had Fastgrim playing a pretty fun blue-green Simic 
Flash build. You had a newcomer to the server, Trey Callens, playing Esper Control. I think a pretty interesting pick for for the meta. You know, I don't think the matchups line up quite quite well for him. Uh, he didn't, unfortunately. He just bubbled out of the top four, right? But I will wa- do want to point out that you know we haven't seen a lot of control in our meta, so I think that was a really solid pick to sort of uh, try to switch it up on all the aggro players going on. Then, of course, we had a fun throw back to previous standard with Mardu vehicles. And then we had, uh, like I said, our, our giveaway winner, Minjisku, playing a really cool mono green build that was a combination of mono green devotion aggro with a little bit of a hardened scale sub theme. The hardened scales mono green deck was definitely a very, very cool deck, in my opinion. Very, mm-hmm. very aggressive. Um, I actually was like sort of concerned. I didn't voice it during the event. Because uh, I was like, where's the walking ballistas? Uh, but I would have gotten him banned. Because <laughs> uh, walking ballista is not allowed. Yeah. Uh, I forget that, like, every day. Like, I need to put that on my, like, uh, mirror, you know? Yeah. Uh, walking ballista, you don't have to worry about walking ballista anymore. I'm still afraid of walking ballista. Every up, every turn, my opponent could just tap all their mana, and I could just be dead. So, Ricky, Ricky, how happy are you to see dragons in the in the, in the event there? Dragons, uh, I was pretty happy to see dragons uh, with the new Terror of the Peaks. Is it? Mm-hmm. Is there a specific peak? I think it's just Terror of the Peaks, right? It's any peak he wants. Any peak he wants. He is the Terror, right? Yeah. Uh, I thought that card was way good in that deck. Leyline mm-hmm. Tyrant, I was excited we, to see. We didn't really see the Leyline Tyrant, though. It was a one-of with one in the sideboard. Um, maybe more testing. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, the other, the other real interesting deck, I would say. Well, also, can we just point out how many one landers did Wonky Wombat t- keep? Like all of them, right? Hmm. All of them. We didn't have a hand cam because you know the very last minute. But you know, uh, next time we can have a hand cam. Also, kind kind of kind of hard to hand cam with just only people using their own webcam setups. Well, we should have gone into their house and set up okay. webcams pre pre event. Sure, 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 sure. But it was still exciting. Uh, once again, mono red, just uh, fun to watch all the time. Mm-hmm. We, we always talk about playing burn and putting on that clock, and Wombat certainly did that. I mean, how many? He, every hand he had was just the one, the one lander. Oh, we always hit the second land. Always had that on time turn to light up the stage. It was just running Never perfect. Never afraid there. to go face. Never afraid to go face, which is what you want to be doing with burn, right? Just untap, shock you. Skewer critics you, Wizards Lightning you, swing for four with Swiss Spear. Like, mm-hmm. so many times we watched that happen. Yep, and they, they that that line certainly did work. Uh, I just want to again say thank you everyone who played. Again, uh, we have these the first Saturday of every month, which means the next one will be December 5th. So hopefully people are good to go that week after Thanksgiving, get some Magic and Pioneer in. Uh, it'll be fun. We got that new proxy rule. So again, 12 proxies, as long as they are nicely printed out or nicely written using those new Zendikar checklists. Uh, any any closing thoughts to the webcam here before we move on to the metagame breakdown? Yeah, let's go. All right. Hey, I did some actual cool stuff with the metagame breakdown, and uh, I actually made some stat points on where decks shifted around. So, so this is going to kind of be something I'm going to try to for sure keep up with going forward. Mm-hmm. All right. Our 14-day metagame breakdown in 12th place down four spots from number nine 
is oops, all spells at 3.4% of the meta. In 11th place, we have Jeskai Luka, also 3.4% up a spot from 12. We have Mono Black Aggro in 10th, holding solid at 3.7%. Uh, new to the chart, I think it was in the top 15 last week, but you know, we, we, we only cover the top 12 is four-color Omnath at 3.7%. Again, new to that chart. So that and Mono Black Agar holding a similar percentage. In eighth place at 4% of the meta, we have Rakdos Pyromancer, also new to the chart. Uh, down from number six this week in the number seven spot is Esper Yorin at 4.3%. Also dropping down two spots from number four, we have Lotus Combo at 4.6 from the meta at number six. At number five, holding solid from last week, we have Orzov Ors at 5.7% of the meta. At number four, up a whopping seven spots into that fourth spot, we have Monogreen Planeswalkers at 7.2% of the meta. Talk about going from not being seen to being on the charts to now just just shy of that top two spots, right? Then we have a number three at 7.4% of the meta holding solid is Niv to Light. Down from number one last week is Soul Tyrek in the number two spot at 10.9% of the meta. And that means reigning at number one is Loris Burn at 12.9% up from the number two spot last week. So we had some pretty big shifts there. Uh, falling out from last week is our Spirits and Gruel mid-range. Those dropped into the top 15, but are out of our top 12 reporting. So we had some big shifts there. We had some oops all spells continuing to sort of just fall out of favor here. And Monogreen Planeswalkers is taken up. I think that's a that's a direct correlation for that matchup for, for sure. What do you guys think? I do think that just oops all spells in general mm-hmm. was living by the law of large numbers okay you know if you have a 100 person event and 50 of them are oops all spells because it's such a cool and fun deck to play yeah you're gonna see copies in the top eight i still think the deck is fun and good it's explosive our meta percentages are all uh percentage of the meta based anyway they're not right records based so right but i'm saying like as time goes on people are like yeah, let's not play this anymore. You know, it was it was cool. Yeah, I'm just trying to remind everyone that, of course, these are all percentage of the meta base and not by, like, deck results. Right, right, right. Uh, I do think it was, was is still going to be a good deck. Um, I just think that the hype has died down. People are, mm-hmm. like, not, wow, I can play no lands, you know? Mm-hmm. That's not as exciting as it was, you know, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, and the other, of course, big shake was Monogreen Planeswalkers. I mean, which we talked about. We we just said it was going to have to take for the form to sort of normalize out till you can figure out those silver bullet sideboard cards as people wanted to pick up the deck again. Lots of burn running around is what I'm seeing here. Oh, yeah. I mean, like we said, it's, it's number one for a reason. I mean, you know, you, you, it's, it's a pretty cheap buy in on an MTGO. And then... On top of that, it, it did pretty well. It's a pretty straightforward deck to play. We played it on the stream just before we started recording. It was a lot of fun. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I think Pioneer's still in a pretty good position, right? I mean, yeah, you got Soul Tie Wreck up there, Niv to Light, decks I'm not entirely fond of, but aren't insurmountable. Uh, and then, you know, you have the the Omnath, the four-color Omnath deck pretty low on the play percentage. So we're definitely not in a position where Standard was in terms of if Omnath is too good. And obviously with, with Oops All Spells falling out of favor here, clearly that isn't going to grip the format like we saw with Demir Inverter. 
So overall, I think Pioneer's heading in a pretty good direction. I'm excited to see where Kaldheim goes. I think we're going to see, you know, there's always a chance that a new deck shows up in the format, but I think we're pretty locked in right now on at least decks that are going to make up our format as we head into Kaldheim in the next, what, like month and a half, two months? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I I think what you're going to see, like what you're seeing this past weekend was, um, like Ricky said, Burn is going to come out to destroy the Oops All Spells decks. And, and I do think the Oops All Spells decks are good. I, I'm not going to take the, like, the, the stance on them of, oh, they were just a flash in the pan. I think that they're the very aggressive, very consistent, given like you only need to see certain amounts of stuff. And especially with Lotus Combo even, right? Like Those are decks that are going to win the long game almost no matter what. So what you can do, though, is just kill them. You can just burn them out. You can just Rakdos them out, which is why you're seeing the aggro decks do well this particular weekend, because there was too big of a shift in the amount of people playing Oopsell spells. Or, since we didn't see as much Oopsell spells, everybody thought there was going to be, right, a lot of Oopsell spells, and decided to play aggro, and it did well as a result. But as that time goes on, what are you going to see next week? Uro. You're going to see a bunch of Uro, a bunch of life game. You've already seen some of the people out here, right? You're already seeing in this metagame um, some of the Uro Reclamation or Uro plus Omnath or Uro plus whatever else come out to help fight some of that burn because obviously Uro is just so insane with the life game that you get. And then, you know, you'll have that rock, paper, scissors, right, of, of what beats what. So I definitely think we're in a stable question mark metagame for now, and I like the decks that I'm seeing, so. Mm-hmm. Metagame seems fun. I think that there's a lot of fun ways to attack the format, like the Oops All Spells decks, uh, the Control decks, uh, of course, Burn. Never could go wrong with Burn. Never could go wrong with Mono Black. And and even though some decks have fallen out of favor, like Spirits, like I still think that deck is very good, too. I couldn't mm-hmm. hear you because I was looking at this deck list. Was Vampires on that top list, or did they separate that out? Uh, vampires usually get split out from Mono Black. Okay, because there's a lot of Vampires running around right now. About by a time. lot, by a lot, I mean more than one. I mean, like when when we'll we'll talk about challengers and stuff later. But when sure. I'm when I see just general like tournament and stuff like that, I'm seeing four copies here, four copies here. So you know, so gold, goldfish is goldfish is weird. Like some sometimes they'll split them out, but like right now, if you clicked wilderness reclamation, the pioneer metagame, mm-hmm. it's gonna pull up the teamer list. Yeah, that five out of league. So normally, though, they're pretty good at separating, at least on the overall meta between vampire and aggro. Sometimes they get caught up, but this is specifically uh, mono black aggro, not vampires. Yeah, for sure. No, the the um, you can see vampires by event. So like when I click on an event, it'll show me, no, this is actual mono black aggro like we're used to. And then vampires is just black. It does not, it doesn't say mono black aggro. So yeah, by event, they are separating it out. I just wasn't sure what, what you see there. So, yep. All right. All right so speak, let's go to these events then. Uh, let's start with the 11, seven challenge in number eight. We have Odeniel Ecos. A with Gruel mid range. Number seven, we have TBX Green Guy with Luris Burn. And six, we have Tyobe 0440 with Bant Spirits. Fifth place, Gazmon 48 with Niv to Light. Sacred Devil in fourth place is Orzov Auras. Quack Quack in third place is Sultai Reclamation. Uh, Batutinha. I should stop trying to read names. You should. <laughs> Second place with Niv to Light. And then in first place, hey, it's a name we bring up, I feel like, a lot, especially with Mono Green coming back, is mm-hmm. it's McWinsauce. Yeah. McWinsauce in this tournament. 
yeah, so McWinsauce taking it down here. Like we said, Monogreen Planeswalkers back with a vengeance. I mean, you look at Soltai Wreck, you look at Niftflight. I think those are pretty two pretty good matchups for it. Uh, you, you look at there's a lack of combo here in this top eight, in this this um, challenge in general, which I think mono, I think the Monogreen deck is a pretty good matchup against that. But you look at the, all these other mid-range decks, Soltai Reclamation, Rakdos. I think these are decks that just the Monogreen Planeswalker wants to go up against. Mm-hmm. And I will point out, because I clicked on their history, McWinsauce is a convert. Because I was like, did McWinsauce play Monogreen Planeswalkers? They've played it for the last mm, couple days, I want to say. But previous to that, they were a Niftalite player. Mm-hmm. They were a Niftalite player, and they love Uro. They love Uro in uh, in modern, in everything. Sure. Trying to play it in Pioneer also, so. So, Ara, any, anything else you want to talk about here? I mean, like we've, we've gone over a lot of the meta in that, that last segment. I mean, there's nothing here really surprising. It makes sense, right? I mean, Bant, actually, Bant Spirits showing up here I think is pretty interesting. We haven't seen Bant in a while. We've seen a lot of the just Azorius instead. But I will say I love the Bant deck picking up like a Singleton Glass Pool Mimic. You know, you have the Skyclave Apparitions main board. So I definitely think there are... Now there definitely feels like the collective company deck is a very distinct flavor from the Azorius deck, where the Azorius deck used to just be, well, do you want to play Coco or Loftigel? Now it definitely feels like these are two different deck choices you have to think about when putting your 75 together for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I I like that the uh, Bant version has some outs with some creatures that can exile graveyards. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a little bit of spin in the wheel, but you can definitely either cast or give the spirit that exiles graveyards flash with whatever that card is that gives spirits flash and rattle flash chains. it in. Yeah, rattle chains to uh, to get some people. So also, Ban gets to play one of my favorite sideboard cards in permeating mass. Mm, permeate that mass. But other than that, you know, just uh, we see a, a one uh, mono black vampires, which we're going to see a lot more in our next challenge. All right, well, let's talk about the next challenge then. In at number eight, we have Burn. In at number seven, we have Orzov Oras. Sixth place, Soltai Delirium. Fifth place, Jeskai Luka. Fourth place, Burn. Third place, Burn. Second place, Monogreen Planeswalkers. And in first place, Jeskai Luka by Eridos. Kind of a big surprise here. I mean, you know, we, we've mentioned Jeskai Luka in passing a lot in the weekly metagame breakdown, but they haven't really had those big finishes did things just line up right here? What, what do you think? Actually, we have two Jeskai Luka decks in this top eight. Was it just the Jeskai Luka tournament? You know, what, what, how do you guys, what do you guys think of Jeskai Luka in general right now? It's a deck I'm always worried about. Um, I think that this deck is, I mean, it plays Teferi, it plays Narset, it plays Yorian, it plays Agent of Treachery. It plays so many like good cards, just cards that are just very strong. Shark Typhoon, uh, Fires an invention, of course, when you're playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Instead of Magic, your cards mm-hmm. are way cheaper. Um, this deck is, I don't know, always good in my opinion. Uh, the Transmorgify edition, very good. Uh, and Void Winnower in the sideboard, always lots of fun. Yeah, Not as good as it used to be against Inverter, but Inverter's gone. So, I mean, is, is this why you play the Whirling Vortexes in the Burn sideboard? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you play those because of Oro and every other green card that just they put gain three life on it and in when i was streaming i boarded in the only vortex like every match card is they so were, good 
They were pretty good. So, you know, hey, challenge being won and picked up two big spots by Jessica Luca. So definitely a, a deck I think we need to start keeping our eye on as we go forward. Uh, I just don't think the format had previously lined up because, I mean, what does this deck really get to do against the oops all spells of the format, the Lotus comms of the format? They're just a little too slow, but as those decks fall out of favor, maybe it's time for this deck to make a comeback. Yeah, and again, I want to go over just real quick because there are four copies in the top 32 of that challenge and, uh, you know, one player going six and one on the Swiss. You do have some of the vampires here, your typical um, Knight of the Ebon Legion, uh, Dusk Legion Zealot, Gifted Aetherborn, and Null Priest of Oblivion. That's a new one. Murderous mm-hmm. Riders, Kalidus, Champion of Dusk. Champion of Dusk is a four of is an interesting one. You're definitely going bigger with that. I was going to look to see if I see any Nykthos here, which I don't, but you do see a couple Agonim's Awakening, and then Sorens, of course, so not a ton of new cards, but it looks like enough cards that you know maybe made something interesting. So yeah. Champion of Dusk is free with Sorens, yeah. so that's the big thing. That makes sense. I mean, this to me, this makes sense as opposed to the classic monoblack aggro, especially in the face of Burn, there's a lot more life gain here. Gifted Aetherborn is just such a house against that deck. And Null Priest has make- lifelink. Something main, I didn't think Null about. Priest, Main Board, Kalidus, Murderous Rider. This deck just puts a lot of higher toughness and lifelink on the board in the face of all the burn decks. I, I think this was, I think you're right. I think this was the deck, although we didn't see it because maybe it doesn't have the power level um, to beat up on some of those more mid-range decks that people were going to play anyways. I think this is the deck to take into, you know, that kind of event where you're like, well, I still think I'm fast enough to beat up on the combo decks, but I'm not going to lose to burn. Right, like yeah. I, I can't imagine you losing to burn with this. It has to happen sometimes, but uh, it seems pretty unlikely. Classically, I prefer the aggro, the mono black aggro over this deck, but I would definitely sleeve this up if I'm expecting an aggro heavy meta, like not like an aggro, but like a red deck, burn deck heavy meta. Uh, this, I don't think this lines up as well in like the mid range matchups. Maybe it probably does, but I think I think you shine more in the in the burn matchup. Yeah. I, I think this is a decent amount worse given the cards that you kind of need to have to really get your beat down on like a mm-hmm. dusk legion zealot ain't doing a whole lot you know when you're when you're trying to beat people down so sure. uh, i think particularly this is more an anti-aggro deck and sometimes you'll be able to you know outspeed a slower combo deck you know if they're stumbling so let, let me clarify by when i was talking about the mid-range decks i was thinking specifically like the gruel three drops decks or like the the mono green decks of the world like the three drops you know that type of strategy not like the mid major like not like the uro decks really sure also just to note there's a orzhov Ors deck in seventh place okay and i want to quickly touch on this it might not be as good when the episode comes out but currently saram was announced as a reprint for the commander precon for commander legends and Card Kingdom is pre-selling that version of SRAM for $0.99 cents a card. Ooh, that's down from what, like 5 From yep. 5 yeah. So literally one of the more expensive car- cards in the whole deck. Now only a dollar each. Uh, $16 savings off the deck. That's already dirt cheap. Uh, I say buy now. That's a pretty good one. And keep that in mind because we're not going to do that uh, probably not next week. But either I'm going to say... The week after or like the first week of December. So I think we're going to do a uh, another sort of like budget buy-in maybe with the theme of like 
okay, maybe you've got like some Christmas money or sort of like thinking about what you're saving towards type of deal. We'll sort of think of some uh, with the budget in mind with that type of deal. So we're, we'll, 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 we'll workshop a budget deck, a budget episode, but expect sort of like a buyer's guide or budget episode coming up in the next few weeks, I would say. There we go. All right. So anything else before we get to these one year Q&A questions? No, let's I'm ready to be questioned. It. All right. So I split these up between magic and non-magic. Of course, we've got some more magic than uh, non-magic. So we can try to do a few magic-related, switch over to non-magic. We'll go back and forth with it. Uh, so I will start with our let's, – uh, let's, let's go with how, how about we start where it all began. How did you guys get started on magic, and what kept you interested? And that was submitted by Cross. Oh, we're going to go all out of order like this? Well, I think it just makes the most sense. You you already asked me to read, which is a big task for me. <laughs> okay. You you expect me also to go out of order on these questions? But I also just read you the question, so you don't need to read the question. Oh, that's true. Never mind. I re- retract all that. <laughs> Flip it back and reverse it. There we go. Get a Missy. Uh, I loved Yu-Gi-Oh! as a kid, and then I went to high school. And nobody played Yu-Gi-Oh, but people played Magic. So right. I switched to Magic and uh, bought a Portal Starter deck and made my little brother sit down there and lose a million games of the Portal Starter deck uh, two-player like kit. Uh, the Portal Starter set had a sword and a shield next to the power of toughness numbers, so you could not possibly forget and had no instance. Oh, there you but go. Weren't, but weren't there like three cards though that you could play at instant speed? There was a card that said it was a sorcery, and it says on it, cast this card during your opponent's turn yep. after they choose their attackers. It's it's but the before, three mana blue card, isn't it? Yeah, yep. but before interceptors have been yep, declared. Before interceptors have been declared. Yeah, I had that card for the longest time. <laughs> we were We were arguing about whether or not that card was castable. And I was like, it has to be able to. And they're like, yeah, but you can't, like, sorceries can't be done. And I was like, I mean, it says on the card, like, when you have to cast it. So that was a funny Yeah, It's because Portal was made for, like, not just new players, but, like, the newest of new players. It was $5 on InMint.com, which is where I bought my Yu-Gi-Oh cards from as a kid. So that's why I bought the Portal starter set. There you go. Chris? Um, I, when I was a kid was, uh, as our Crew 3 listeners will know, almost Beyblade champion of the world. Uh, and that kind of got me started into competing uh, things. And I picked up a game, I believe it was called Duel Masters. It yep. is called Duel Masters. Is that the American name for Kaijudo? You well, pretend like you don't have a plaque on your whatever. wall. Uh, you know what's funny, Ricky, is I don't have that plaque anymore. No, but I'm amazed that you remember it because I forgot it because I won a dual master store championships uh, because the guy who I played in the last round was like a 30 year old man who like lived at the card shop. Nothing wrong with that. He just didn't smell very good. And uh, they determined that that person was not allowed to win it since they were like an employee, but they needed like he made 12 or 16 or something like that. He made like an even number, right? And that way, no kid, because most everybody there was children, uh, had to play with that. So whole point with that is that the, the place that that was was a Magic the Gathering card shop that decided to try some other stuff because they had gotten big into Baby Babies and Pokemon. So uh, once that happened, it was probably my freshman year of high school 
that I really made the switch from that to magic. I watched people play magic, but never played myself. And that freshman year, I bought an elves deck from somebody. Uh, This was like before Ravnica had come out. And then my buddies that I had made as a freshman in high school who were a little bit older than me, I met through kind of playing magic and they got me real hyped for Ravnica and stuff like that. So yeah, shortly after that, I met Ricky. We went to the same high school and we played magic together competitively for a long period of time. So for mil- millions of years, millions of years. Yeah. I guess, you know, really when I say 2004, I mean, 2004 BC. We started mm-hmm. in the world. Uh, obviously. So, and uh, are we answering what kind of Senator is that later? Uh, yeah, we can, we can go to that next. Uh, what, but you know, you, yeah, go ahead. And what's, what sort of kept you in it? Yeah. Uh, what kept me in was these two gentlemen who are sitting here with me right now. I, I probably, I had kind of for a while moved on to Hearthstone and was um, doing well competitively there. The big problem was the Hearthstone didn't have much of like a local scene like Magic did, right? Like you had states, PTQ, stuff like that, that Hearthstone really didn't. Um, and if it did, I may not have played Magic as much anymore because I had moved on to that. I'd moved on to other games. But uh, these guys playing um, for always has really kept me in it. And, you know, it's been a while, right? I mean, it's been a solid 15 been years. Been a while. It's been a while. So uh, really friends, I guess, is what is what kept uh, me in it, it for sure all this time. It's okay. It's fair for you to say that it was the Korean barbecue we, we went to before all of the <laughs> events. <laughs> that's true. That's true. The Korean barbecue was uh, was a big plus. All right. So for me, I, I mean, it feels like a broke record at this point, but similar thing. Uh, I grew up in Ohio and the kids I knew played Yu-Gi-Oh! when I was in, like middle school. Um, and then from there, I moved to Texas and sort of fell out of card games. And like high school, I was in doing a lot of drumline stuff and bands that really kept me out of uh, really getting into a lot of extracurricular stuff. Then senior year, I, I quit that. And I, I got back into card games again, and I thought it was a little too moved on from Yu-Gi-Oh! I guess they're, you know, I just... Um, so I got into Magic then. I picked up a new Phyrexia. It was the Poison starter deck that had the Swarm Lord in it. Heck yeah. Um, and then from there, I think Avison Restored was just coming out. I played a little bit in high school. I got crushed a lot because this is when... Uh, Delver, like Jeskai Delver was a big thing in standard. And I was just getting crushed back to back to back with my little like, I'm playing tribal elves uh, in high school. Right. And then and then and then it took going to college and really college uh, in Lubbock at Texas Tech. You know, I I didn't I didn't really have that much of a friend group. You know, in high school, I had like all the band people and stuff like that. No one really from my high school. No one really from Houston wanted to make the jump to Lubbock, Texas. I don't know why. You know, why no one wanted to go from such a major metropolitan area to um, not a major metropolitan area. Uh, But my little Ohio and heart, uh, Lubbock was pretty much what I grew up in. So it didn't make that much of a difference to me. Uh, So magic was really how I met a lot of my friends, a lot of early roommates. Uh, Actually, one of my best friends uh, who unfortunately passed away a few years ago. We lived together in apartments. We met like across the hall through magic. Um, and you know, I think it's that thing, just that camaraderie that we all look for in our day to day was sort of built around magic. You know, I was in a different play group and I sort of got into the more competitive scene and sort of linked up with Ricky and, you know, here we are once again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Back at it and again. I think you made a good Back point at it again. <laughs> yeah. I think you made a good point that I want to reiterate, which is that like, I was not any good at magic for a while. In fact, you will, you will hear stories from Ricky about how I had a, uh, a Tron counter, like, 
I don't know, counter burn deck, I guess. I forgot how did, I, how did I win with that deck, Ricky? It was, you upset people with spell burst with buyback. So I was like, what was the other card? Was there a burn card with buyback? No, you that just cast using? disintegrated people for 20. That's what it was. I just disintegrated people eventually. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and I did that and dominated the local tiny North Austin metagame that we had there for all of like two weeks until our buddy Nate showed up with his Dorian the Siege Tower deck that I just could not beat because the toughness on his cards were too big. And I was so upset. I was so distraught <laughs> that I was finally being beaten. But it uh, it took me probably, I mean, years to, to actually be any good at the game. So and, and a lot of it was because of how much we were able to immerse ourselves, because back in the four times before times when you could actually meet up with people, you know, you could sit there and play for for long periods of time and, and really uh, focus on getting better. So, well, Nate, Nate stopped me, too, because I was playing mono black goblins. black. Yeah. And uh, all my creatures had fear. And like it was like elves, Kithkin, merfolk, uh, fairies. And like nobody could block uh, until Bitter Blossom got printed. Nobody right. could block the the stupid the fear. fear goblins. Yeah, and then like, and Nate just had all these derpy little like black green murf uh tree folks. Trees, that, tree folks. Yeah, he was the that tree folks. could just block my mm-hmm. goblins. I was like, I think I was even playing the aura from tenth edition fear. You were you were playing actual fear. It was double black. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> just in case your creature didn't have fear. Yeah, you d- you definitely had that. Yep. Wow, that takes me back. <laughs> yep. All right. So, what have been some of your favorite decks and sets throughout the year? And that's by Wasabi and Magic. Hmm, who wants to go first on that one? I'll go first on this one. Yeah. Sure. Um, I don't know about like straight up favorite sets, uh, but I think my favorite like format, uh, besides obviously Pioneer, but like think of like standard formats, right? I really love Strahd RTR standard. Uh, some of my favorite decks, though, would probably have to be. Like, is it Pyromancer's Goggles or is it Tutelage? I think we're super fun decks to play. Um, obviously, all the different burn decks I had. I've talked about it plenty of times. That sweet mono green deck list, which really that I played at a PTQ, which really led into my love of mono green when Pioneer was first starting. Um, you know, I, I'm just kind of all over the place with favorite decks and sets. Yeah, here there's there's so many good ones, and I think that's one thing that you know kind of keeps us with Magic is there there's pretty consistently something fun to do in Magic, you know, because there's mm-hmm. the there's the amount of cards. Um, favorite decks and sets. My favorite decks, obviously, Phoenix for for Pioneer. Back in the day, I did very well competitively with a um, with a Reanimator deck, and then probably just like the first set that you played. I think that's got a lot of special, like the first format that you played. I guess mm-hmm. it's got a special place in a lot of people's hearts. So. Um, the original Ravnica is when I first like really like went to a card shop and played. I had definitely been playing before that, but it wasn't real if you don't know the real rules, you know. So like yeah. when I'm sitting down playing in an FNM is Ravnica, and that's what kind of brings me back to that card shop and that kind of experience. So um, love that, love Reanimator, love Phoenix, love all that stuff. So Escape Shift, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what is it is it is it dark scape shift dark scape shift regular scape shift bring the light scape shift extended scape shift yeah i've been playing scape shift since valakut has been printed mm-hmm. you've been shifted and i've been uh winning with mm-hmm. it so that's why i love that deck splinter twin loved splinter twin in every sure. format that it's legal in sure um man and then just like hazo red oh the deck that just plays itself no that was that, that's the four color rhino deck that was an awful format 
No, it has a Regis played itself. You just always had it. That was the deck that just won on it. Sorry, it didn't play itself. It just won on its own. Hazo Red is a skill-based deck. Oh, okay. Unless you're a mutual friend of ours who just always had it. Look, I saw a few people just have it, and I saw people who had it just not play it. So, you know, uh, there are mistakes that can be made. There are tight plays, and I played so much Hazo Red and uh, too many second place and top eight finishes that then meant nothing. Um, and then I was ju- uh, I was judging most of those, so yeah, I was there for those. And then I think the uh, the most fun I've ever had at a tournament is playing ad nauseum. Yeah, at the SCG Open that one time, uh, the ad nauseum Facebook group no longer even knows who I am, and that's wonderful. That deck is so <laughs> advanced from what I was playing way back in the day. Yeah, but the mantle I picked up from Zach Elsick, mm-hmm. and then like. I wrote that ad nauseum video for the professor recently, and all the people on the uh, ad nauseum Facebook group called me trash, and, oh. I, and I've come full circle. I've ascended. Wow. <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, all right. Let's they don't realize let's... you're the person who, like, totally outplayed another person playing ad nauseum, and, like, they came to you for advice, and you top into that SG with it? <sighs> uh, I got outplayed at that event. <laughs> By that one mono red player who I, that's, <laughs> we actually played that that uh, that guy again later on, and we beat their team when we were playing a, a team event. But I think the funny thing about that was just that you um, uh, just just played that deck really well, top eight at that time. All right, let's go to some more pioneer centric magic questions. Fatal push versus blood chief's thirst by Smarmy Marmy. Hmm. Oof. This is not a question. You think this is a non-question? Yeah, Fatal Push. Fatal Push? I, see, I'm with Chris. I, I think there's a reason you see a lot yeah. of decks yeah. that aren't on, like, the full four, the like, wanting to play the full four Fatal Push. There's a reason you go, like, two Fatal Push, one Blood Chief's Thirst. Late game, you can kick it. I mean, there's just so much value in Blood Chief's Thirst there. I think there there are the decks that just want the four Fatal Push. But if you're looking and you're not thinking you're on the full four Fatal Push, make one of them a Blood Chief's Thirst. Yeah, I, again, the huge deal about Blood Chief's Thirst that, that I've seen is it gets Planeswalkers. Like, um, Fatal Push is very relevant, but I think in like it's more interesting in our format, right? In Modern, well, you just get a fetch, right? Like, our, our Fatal Push always kills four mana cost and lower. But in Pioneer, where it's less reliably triggered, Blood Chief's Thirst has that front half, but also has that upside of, of being able to take out Planeswalkers and just bigger creatures when you need, which has been relevant a surprising number of times. So I, I think that the if you have to commit, you probably would rather play Fatal Push. But in a world where we can kind of go halfsies or give it like a 60-40, I would do 60 Fatal Push, 40 Blood Chief's Thirst. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I can kill Planeswalkers, but instant speed. Instant speed is big. Instant speed is big. But again, you know, like I think that a lot of times you're playing it on on your turn anyway. And again, the, the huge upside there is the difference in targets, you know? I think in modern, it's all Blood Chief Thirst. Whoa, I think it's the opposite because uh, you always get the second half of Fatal Push. Mm-hmm. You can, for one mana, kill Renin Six. Okay, sure. There, there's a lot of Renin Six going on right now because of the, like, Uro plus Omnath stuff. Uh, I think in a, in a non-Renin Six world, you know, it is what it is. I All think right. you'd rather the Fatal Push. All right, so non-magic, for our first non-magic question. Is a hot dog a sandwich by Gestal? No, it's a hot dog. 
Mm. Uh, I will say a dot. The dot hog though is an abomination. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say that hot dog is like a special special classification. Like you see those animals, right? Like where you're like that looks like a dog, but you find mm-hmm. out it's closely related to a cat, right? Or you oh. look at something and you're like that is a cat, and you're like, oh, actually, it's just like a large rodent. You know, that yeah. definitely happens in the animal world. I think that's what kind of we're at with the hot dog. Like, I think it's very, very unique. I think like the hot dog meat itself is kind of like a, you know, at least in the mass produced version, a mishmash, an abomination, if you will, of various meats kind of mushed together all weird. So the Mm -hmm. hot dog is kind of on its own little island, you know? So would you say the hot dog is more close to like a red panda where it is its own animal family and there's nothing else in it? I would say like that. Yeah, I would say I would say you're going to be hard pressed to find me something like that. Now, you can make me an argument for like a a wrap type situation or a panini type thing or like a flatbread where they fold it like that. I'm going to put those closer to the taco family, you know, than I will will the hot dog family if I'm going to pick between the two. All right. Okay. All right. So so you you were talking about modern a little bit. Well, Captain Toad wants to know if you could add any card from modern to pioneer, what would it be and why? Great question, Captain Toad. Um, so a card from Modern into Pioneer. Yeah. Uh, can I cheat? Sure. The Horizon set of lands. Oh, okay, mm. sure. It's a little better mana. It's not only just better mana, but like, uh, being able to draw like it helps the aggressive decks, and I think that's always needed in Pioneer. Pioneer is a very, very, very mid rangey format, mm-hmm. or not mid rangey, but like it. it, it fluctuates from being ultra aggressive to to mid-rangey and people have questions about oro whether oro should be allowed and with cards like sunbaked canyon and horizon canopy the aggro decks can like not only have their fast mana but be able to cash it in for cards to push through the late game hmm. okay that's a, that's a it's a fair it's a very fair so, point so in a similar vein my answer and we i got two this is kind of cheating as well um what's a card we talk about a lot and it's thalia guardian of thraben I think that would be a very good card. That's a good one. Uh, the other one, this is a little, I'm a little more worried about. You know, this one I think would have to go through a lot of testing potentially. Probably Aether Vial. Yeah, I thought I thought those were some pretty great answers. Um, I really like Thal. I love hate Thalia, right? Because it means that I can't play the type of spells decks that I like. But it does really hurt some of the shenanigans of like you know turn three planeswalker. You know, that, right. that sets them off a little bit late, sets back the rafts a little bit later. So I, I do like that because they've really aggressively costed some of the control cards in recent years. And I like that Thalia, you know, puts you on that kind of path of, of doing that. And then Aether Vial, that's just that's just a Maverick card right there. That's a nifty one. Maverick. Maverick. All right, Chris, what, what's your pick? Um, I've also got two. If I could cheat and, and do a, a quick third one, that's a joke. I would say Scalding Tarn. That sure. way I can have the fetch for my deck, but you know, everybody else has to settle. Um, but my real answer is either mana Morphos or faithless looting. Um, faithless looting is banned in modern, but I think that it would. These are the most s- Chris answers. Yes, they definitely are. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, Chris just wants to, can I just get all of storm? Yeah. You, you pretty much got it right. <laughs> just like, I think these are things that don't help the combo decks that I see out there right now, but I think would help things like, like maybe Phoenix, maybe a little bit, you know, uh, or just 
decks that want to you know cast more spells it would help um get the what's that five mana four four artifact thing that costs less i was thinking about it just yesterday and i totally forgot about it hollow one hollow one hollow one yeah um with like hollow one type strategies and stuff like that or just discard decks in general like we don't see a reanimator because the graveyard hates so good uh, besides obviously the oops all spells reanimation uh, antics so right? my my one point against metamorphos is sure would that make storming entity too good as you just turn two storming entity, um, maybe, maybe like it's storming entities. What a three three? Yeah, you can't push it. You it, can't it push dodges it. A lo- it dodges a lot of the the removal. You know it does kill it. What blood chief's thirst? If you kick it, oh, but you've already taken like seven. Maybe so. Yeah, it, it probably does. Uh, Manamorphosed and faithless looting are both like yeah. kind of just busted cards anyway but again you're telling me i can add one card and no, don't have I, to deal with all the other i craziness. wasn't i wasn't trying to poop oh i know you picks. i was just putting out the no, hypothetical no, no no i know you i know you weren't i, I think that's a good point right like I, I think that there's you know things you could bring up uh, kind of against all these cards my cards are probably the most or the least fair i would say i definitely went more aggressive with them without just straight up getting crazy but you know man Morphos is a card that uh, that i like it's probably too good with storming entity but you know there are cards out there that destroy creatures for cheap so Ooh. Also, um, either actually probably both. We need like a spreading seas effect, and then master the pearl trident just to give Merfolk finally some love. There you go, make our boy Max happy. Yeah, exactly. Fair See, enough. you're you're already cutting my answers into the next question. Oh, okay. dang! All right. Uh, so then, what which question am I cutting into, Ricky? What set do you want to add to Pioneer? Oh, okay. What set or block do you want to add into Pioneer from Domeir? M thirteen. So, M13, okay, okay. And what, what what are we getting from M13? Are you ready for this? Yeah. All right, Sarah Avenger. Sublime, okay. Sublime Archangel. Okay. O- Oblivion Ring. Master yeah. Master of the Pearl Trident. Okay? Okay, okay. We're, p- we're picking up... Uh, we're picking up Mutilate. What we're does Mutilate up, even do? Mutilate, four it's mana. minus X, minus X, or X is the number of swamps you control. Oh, right. cool. We're picking up Krenko. We're picking up Thundermaw Hellkite. Oh. We're picking up Magma Quake. We're picking up Swag Tusk. Arbor Elf. Probably not needed, but we get it. But we get it. <laughs> and uh, Nicobolus Planeswalker. Staff of Nin. Are you ready for the big one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Rancor. Oh. Woo, Ricky, you got me on Rancor. Yeah. All this is an M13. It's the last set before the cutoff of pioneer right the corset See, in a similar in, in a similar vein my my pick is the block right before pioneer i want to say this innistrad block i think there's a lot of cool cards in there a lot of interesting things innistrad would add obviously a lot of good help to like the humans decks with champion of the parish again thalia it's a lot of cool cards there's some cards that would be probably pretty questionable i don't think we can let snaps live uh, we've been talking about it a bit. I think Lillian of the Veil actually might be fine. It's double black. That, that's that's that one's a little bit up for debate. And we probably can't allow Drog Skull Captain because giving spirits hexproof is probably a little too much. Yeah, there's a couple spirits that uh, that or whatever. But what would make my heart happy truly would be Delver of Secrets. That, Delver of Secrets. That would be one Thought that I would Scour. Thought Scour. Thought Sky was probably too strong. Like of the cards, like I thought about that. That's probably one where we're end up getting our uh, treasure cruise band. Our treasure cruise band. Not that faceless loading is any better, but listen, I was just, you know, 
it's well, red. Maybe, right? it gets, maybe maybe it gets Earl banned instead. Yeah, I, I think the big deal about faithless looting there is that like if you're playing that, at least you have to play be playing is it, which uh-huh. may sound self-serving, but it's just a worse combination than like you know an Uro, right? Like yeah. a Simic right now, and how insane that is. There was a time where it being you know uh, faithless looting being red would be an advantage, and now it's not. So like I, I think you potentially could have a faithless looting, but not have a thought scour. Yeah. Because it's blue so, like those dredge cards. Don't so you, let me let me pitch you though on this shot, Chris. I'm ready. Because I know you want to play Storm. Gonna be an easy what pitch. I, I'm just gonna what, tell you. what if what if I told you we could essentially play Storm? I'm in. So this is this is a little <laughs> this, this is this is a deck that like uh-huh. kind of did a little bit. So we get past in flames, right? I'm in. Then you get a little card called Battle Him. I don't know if you know I'm what in. Battle Him does. Uh-huh. It's a it's a two mana that it gives you a red it's two mana. It's a one and a red for a sorcery. I think it's a sorcery that you get one red mana for each creature you control. Right. And then we make a bunch of token producers. And then we got – we're flashing back with Past and Flames. And then we cast Burn at the Stake, tap them all, and kill our opponent. I'm down. I, I was in before, but I'm in, I'm even more in now. I'm inner mm-hmm. than I was previously. Yeah. All right, Chris, what's your pick? Um, I think Innistrad – is probably like one of the best answers when you control it. I think M13 is also a great answer. I think my answer may be <laughs> the most fair and probably also the worst answer. But just because I want to see some more love for Tribal, I want to see Lorwyn. Uh, I don't have a big list of Lorwyn cards. I do have the list up for the um, the whole set. But some of the highlights that you get are Doran the Siege Tower, which, by the way, is Abzan Colors. What else is Abzan Colors? Siege Rhino? Siege Rhino. Imagine a world where our rhinos are frolicking amongst a field of trees that are rampaging in the same field. It makes my heart happy, right? Uh, you also get fairies, a lot of the very, very powerful fairies, which is great. Um, and I don't know if it's in Lorwyn or the Tide. You could add the whole block. Lorwyn, even Tide, I don't care. Whatever, whatever we want to do. But there's a lot of interesting things for elves, um, fairies, cryptic command, the original planeswalkers. I don't know if any of the original Planeswalkers are too good. They're probably not, given how much better Planeswalkers have gotten. But there's a lot of just interesting things there. Cloud Goat Ranger, Cloud Thresher, whatever that card, what is that card called? Cloud Which Thresher, one? is that it? Yeah, Cloud Thresher is the one that hits all the flyers. Yeah, yeah. And then um, what's that four mana, four, four, that's all creature types? Chameleon Colossus. Chameleon Colossus was in there. There's a lot of interesting cards, a lot of interesting goblin cards for like some Rakdos goblins. That would be fun. Uh, go if, if any of you are newer players, go back and look at the set. I'm not going to go through all of them, but there's a lot of fun stuff um, that I think would be a, a lot of cool stuff. Oh, even Gadoctig. A lot, a lot of cool stuff for Pioneer that I think would, would synergize really well. And the more sets you add in from that block, the more tribally goodness that you get. Did you say Gaddock Teague and then say cool stuff right afterwards? I did. I did. Wow. I love me some Teague. How could you? Teague could be, if we added that in, that could be kind of like a replacement Thalia, right? Like you can't get Wrath anymore. You can't get settled. So, All right. So let's switch over to a non-magic question. What are your favorite movie or what is your favorite movie, book, and TV show? That's by Zeth4. Um, I can't read or write. So Okay. <laughs> what about movie and TV show then? Um, I will tell you that it's no secret to anybody that knows me. My favorite thing in this world is Critical Role. So -hmm. if you count that as a TV show, that would be like my my high, high, high number one. Um, Favorite books. 
this is good. I like the Harry Potter series. I just don't think it gets much better than the Harry Potter series as far as books are concerned. Uh, of course, I will add that we don't support the the thoughts and opinions of its writer. No, no, definitely not. And, and I think you can throw that now, sadly, in with the um, Cthulhu type stuff, all the Eldritch Horror stuff. The person that wrote that stuff was also not a very good person. Mm-hmm. And so we'll, we'll, you know, author aside, the books were very good. And at that time, probably the fame wasn't to their head or anything like that. So uh, I, I like that. Uh, Ricky, what you got? Man, the movies change like every day. They do. Uh-huh. The like you change. could literally on some days you could even convince me that Cats 2019 is in my top three movies. <laughs> I mean, it, sh- it should be. It's an experience. Yeah. Um, I think really like some movies that everybody should see that I think are very good uh, that people don't watch uh, would be The Social Network. Uh, really? Okay. a very good film. Okay. Um, Baby Driver. That's a pretty okay. easy, accessible movie. Ruckman, that everybody weren't you trying to get see. me to watch that? Huh? I think Ruckman was trying to get me to watch that. I was trying to get you to watch Baby Driver. Um, and then for TV shows, the easy top three: uh, Cobra Kai and Gurren Lagann, and then uh, anything else. Right now, it's One Piece. It could be literally anything else. Letter Kenny. Letter Kenny is really high up there. JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Always Sunny. Probably Always Sunny. Always sunny. There you go. I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, Gurren Lagann, Cobra Kai, and Always Sunny. There we go. Ruckman, hit us up. Uh, favorite movie is either. So these are kind of three that bounce back and forth: Atomic Blonde, Knives Out, or again, if we ignore the main actor in it for being a not great person, Usual Suspects. Uh, for favorite TV show, I would probably say either Bacano, Code Geass, and then probably uh, man, I really really like The Crown. I've never heard the somebody Crown? say Code Geass. I've heard Code Geese. I've heard Code Gas. That's Geass. I've actually heard. only heard Code Geass. Really? Yeah. Never heard that. Shows the people that um, I hang out with, I guess. And then, yeah, The Crown, which is, of course, the dramatization on Netflix of Queen Elizabeth II. And they do a really cool job of – they change the cast every couple seasons to help age them up. It's a great show. I, I'm, I'm a big history buff, and I think uh, – I'm also a bit of uh, one of those American people that think the British monarchy is, like, super interesting and, like, oh, what's what's going on over there, right? So I, I think that show is really cool. Uh, for favorite books, I would say I have two favorite books – one is in the 40K universe called Titanicus, which is uh, this sort of multi-point of view book about a, a forge world, which is where they make all sorts of things and stuff like that for the the Imperium of Man uh, that's being invaded by chaos. But it has a very Mechanicus feel to it. So you follow like a Titan crew, you follow some people in the the planetary guard and then you follow some people like doing all this political intrigue with the mechanicus it's super great written by dan abnett who is one of the the main big writers of 40k um i'm a big like person who loves the mechanicus side of things in 40k universe that's up there as for non like things like that uh this is actually a book i read in high school as an assigned reading i think my junior year but i've always loved ever since because i think it's one of those books that we really should probably read and learn from it's called alas babylon it was written in the 50s by hold on i have it right next to me by pat frank um and it's a wonderful book sort of set in like the cuban missile crisis era 
Um, and it's like the small town in Florida having to come together after essentially the nuclear apocalypse happens. And then they're trying to survive over the first few years as this small town and what they go through and how they come together, how they deal with outside threats. It's super interesting. There we and go. Very re- well written. Oh yeah. Books. Uh, I've read mostly only business books since uh, school. Uh, but the few books I have read for fun that I enjoyed a lot were House of Leaves. Ooh, House of Leaves is great. Uh, it's really more of an experience than a book. And then uh, I will say that I have read. 2019. I have read Next Level Magic by Patrick Chapin. Oh, there you go. Very good book. I love that book. Chris, I think you're also a big fan of that book, right? Did you read it? Uh, I I read parts of it. I think I downloaded it a long time ago, but I downloaded it electronically, and then that computer broke down. Yep. So I mean, it's yeah, pretty sure I'm, uh, I'm still friends with Patrick Chapin on Facebook. I'm pretty sure. Not that he posts yeah. much anymore. But yeah. uh, oh, uh, if we're throwing in other school books, so this is what I was doing like my first year of. Uh, my master's before I had to sort of stop that. Uh, the Field of Blood, Violence in Congress, and the Road to Civil War. If you're interested in history and want to learn about the history of our country, it's by Joanne B. Freeman. Very interesting read, sort of leads uh, essentially ha- what happened in Congress that led to the Civil War. Super interesting read. And uh, if you if you want to hear about the American Congress just being professional wrestling and just knives being pulled, chairs being thrown, there you go. Yep. It's not the worst it's ever been today, contrary to uh, what what it seems like. Okay, so back to Pioneer-related questions. Let's sort of rapid-fire through some of these. What is each of your build-around for Pioneer? By Minjisku, of course, our giveaway winner. Phoenix. Yeah, I I feel like... uh, Let me... Clear your throat? Yeah, one of the cards, I guess, that I would consider adding, and then I'll go with that one, is Unburial Rights, like... I, I want to do something with reanimation and it's just not as good. So like I just do it, everything, everything that I can with Phoenix. But if to, to make a different answer than, than Ricky, um, I guess I would say like, you know, the Dreadhorde Arcanist type stuff, or give me some, give me some reanimator type stuff. Uh, I love decks where Tyler's tracker is good. There you go. Um, if there are pioneer brawl, who would your commanders be by full Chandra torch of defiance? Uh, Ruckman, you might have to go next. I didn't think about this one. Oh, I also didn't think about this one. I win. Okay. (laughs) Um, Teferi Time Raveler. No! What? I don't know. I don't don't often think of Brawl. Can Um, can, can I... Okay, this wouldn't be good. Tatiova Benthic Druid. Are you happy now, Ricky? I am very happy with that answer. Okay, thank you. Is Kalidus legendary? Yes. Kalidus. Okay. All right. What are your best pieces of advice to get entrenched modern players into Pioneer by Lemon Lyman? Uh, here's my answer. Um, boy, I don't think it's going to happen because modern players, I think, are the most stuck into their format. I would certainly try, but I feel like when you try to pluck a modern player out of out of their format, they're the most diehard outside of probably like vintage players. Um, so I would just say... Uh, hey, do you want to feel and play powerful magic, but not just get like, I, I honestly don't know. How, how would you guys tackle this question? I got an answer. Okay. Um, do you want to be able to own three to four decks for the price of one and a half modern decks? Ooh, I was actually going to say you can buy, uh, you can buy one of the top tier decks for two Scalding Tarns. 
Yeah, and, and I think the big answer there is, right, like, it's not just about having one deck, it's about, like, having and it's not as relevant anymore, things. because there's there's just not as much live play and you can rent the cards, but I think the big draw is, are you tired of shuffling, right, like, it, and ruining sleeves so quickly? We, we do a lot less shuffling, the format still has a lot of fun stuff that you can do, and I think there's a lot of brew potential for people that like to brew. You know, again, this is a format where people that know their decks are going to, on average, do better than people who played the best deck but have never played it before. And that's that's just true um, That from what we've seen, right? So I think if you're really trying to convince an entrenched Magic player, you could say, hey, look, for your money, you can get more decks, Be you know, which is obviously fun to lend out to friends. It's more fun for your local metagames. You can be playing things different. So I think that'd be your, your best argument because obviously Modern has a lot of things going for it as well, so... Uh, all right. This is submitted in multiple variations by plenty of people. So I just, I just simplify this down into favorite foods. Uh, curry. What? Dude, I cook so much curry. I have known you yeah. since your freshman year of high school. So are you ready for this quick story? Uh, yeah. All right. In Lubbock, there was this place called Maharajas. Okay the best Indian food you've ever eaten in your entire life and probably some of the best food you've ever eaten in your entire life. Right. It has a sign on the door that says everything is cooked as you order it. Please allow 30 minutes to wait after you order. Sure. And it's definitely worth it. Uh, the owner died suddenly and the family like was like, it was his dream and we, it would feel wrong doing it without him. So they shut down. Oh, ever since then me and Matt Scott, have just been like feverishly going to any Indian restaurant in Lubbock and cooking curry to try to get food as good as Maharaja's. Well, there you go. So uh, several years in the making due to that restaurant, uh, I'm a huge curry fan. There you go. Um, All right. So I love sort of local hole-in-the-wall kind of pizza joints. Mm -hmm. And also in the Lubbock spin, nothing will beat a calzone from one guy's right across the street from Texas tech or in their like larger restaurant. That's more like a family style sitting, but like, give me a good slice of za, give me whatever, but give me a calzone because I've, I've really latched on the fact that I think I am just Ben white from parks and rec. Fair enough. Uh, as somebody who's lived in large cities for a lot of their life, except for recently, but all the time he's got to spending in Lubbock. I was in Austin and Dallas uh, give me Korean barbecue as a specific and just good Mexican food as like a general category. Okay. All right. Do you, this is from El Cappy. Do you think Watsi have finally settled on an identity for pioneer or are they just winging it? Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, they have settled uh, on yeah. a, a Cathysless format. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my answer also. Like, I, it doesn't seem like there's been as much effort put into balancing formats as there has uh, buying snowboards, I believe I said, or whatever it was. Um, but it seems like we've landed in a pretty good place by just, hey, we'll just correct it afterwards, right? Instead yeah. of asking, we'll just say sorry. I, I think before it's still, like, too early to really be like, well, this is our intended purpose. of It's not something that, like sounds correct to say but i think you have to let the format live a little to really understand what the format is you can't just say like like how long was it for modern to be like well this is a turn four format not a turn three format type of deal yeah the thing is i think that they had that particular statement on the format 
before and then like they didn't want to say that in particular for pioneer they just were like well look this is too many cards let's do a format that's like easier to get into so like and again because i think they have gotten worse at the balancing aspect you know even a year ago when Mm. when the you know basically pioneer was just starting uh i i don't think we had that advantage because pretty early on they were saying hey modern is going to be a turn four format but it didn't it settled out the same way right they started off going boom, here's cards. And that very first weekend, that very first pro tour, they were like, well, look, I'm just going to use blazing shoal and (laughs) discard a clown raper or whatever that 10 mana card was and make my poison guy 11, 11, you're dead. You're dead on turn two. So So I, I think one of the big problems in trying to establish identity right now mm -hmm. is the fact that modern had the point in time where there were blocks and mm-hmm. right now, and I think the problem with so much card design and why there's such separation in things is we don't have blocks anymore. And blocks allow you to have uh, ideas and work through ideas and uh, themes of sets spread across multiple sets mm-hmm. where you can have a bunch of synergy spread out and across and you can actually more simplify out synergies and themes in a set Whereas now, because we have single sets, right, right. You, you have to focus really in and you, you so you pile in all these cards for that mm. theme, for that set. I think that's yeah. what's causing a lot of issues and balancing that we're seeing because, you know, you know th- think, think about if we had an Eldraine block, right? All of those adventure cards would have been spread out. There would have been more of them that would probably have done like less high impact things but because you only have one set you have to make a big splash with all those cards yep yeah i i think you i don't know for sure that you're right but what you're saying has me buying i'll tell you that much it it was a very convincing argument to me because i could definitely see them wanting to condense things down and that's why we're getting cards like uro omnath you know, just, hey, look, we need to fit a lot of themes into one card to make it feel like stuff's going on. So here you go. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think right now Pioneer is going to slot into standard plus with some combo decks hanging around in the in the background. Uh, but as as we keep going, keep adding more sets. And if we keep on this path of single set blocks where everything sort of has like a similar parallel, but it's doing a lot of things differently, then it'll become less standard plus. And I think it will go to more of like an extended type feel to it. I think it's just a little too early to say what is the pioneer identity and we'll just have to find out there organically. Yeah, that's fair. Is it is it standard plus? Is it modern minus? That, that's been a big debate. It's just hard to say. Yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts on the modern on the London Mulligan? How it affected Pioneer, and if you think Pioneer would be better off with a different Mulligan, what do you think a good alternative would be? London Mulligan is great. Ten out of ten creates Whoa. so many less non-games. Uh, it is good for every format. Rewind is that's not what you guys were saying when this was coming out, right? No, I I personally still think that I like London Mulligan as a limited mulligan rule mm-hmm. and i would almost rather go back to the scry rule for constructed okay that's that's what i thought you guys were both on the same page now ricky has been pretty good about changing his mind on things mm-hmm. um especially as he takes the spicy takes so like that's just i'm just making sure because i remember you i could have sworn you were anti-london mulligan before look i'm a big math guy right and like when the london mulligan was coming out i was reading up all the math about tron and like the odds of drawing your natural Tron with the London Mulligan and all that stuff. But this is specifically Pioneer. And I think Pioneer, Standard, Limited, 
are all greatly improved by the London Mulligan. It creates so it like it just diminishes all of the non games of Magic. I would like see, to but, welcome. But see, I I think that like cards like Thoughtseize are just better with the London Mulligan because now you can just keep digging for your Thoughtseize. It made it so that. You know, it's one of the reasons why Once Upon a Time was so broken. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Chris. Go ahead no, and make your point. No, I, 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 I'm not going to – go ahead. No, that that's all essentially I wanted to say. Oh, okay. Um, I I was surprised because I take the same stance as Ricky. Not that I – like I don't think that there's one right answer here. I, I really don't. I think you could – I think there's valid points on both sides. And I think Ricky's making a good point that it's like in these particular instances, I like it. Because again, my point when it first came out and I was saying I love it – was I was very angry at the amount of non-games I saw in Magic, especially as somebody who plays a very variety of games, or sorry, mm-hmm. a big variety of games. The amount of non-games was way more, and I think the London Mulligan helps that. I, and I have not seen what I was told I was going to see, which is an insane amount of combo decks just going crazy. Obviously, you had you know some strong combo decks out there, but I think those would have been good sans London Mulligan, right? Like when you had um, Thoughtseize plus Thought Eraser plus whatever else with your jace and whatever deck that was in in pioneer that was crazy for such a long time uh, i i don't think that it's been as bad for combo um, or making combo so op as people thought that it had i really like the amount of games that it's helped because you get to see that extra card and and mostly it's stopping you from getting land screwed and that was sorry i think i said it that was that was my wonky wombat that was a wombat question yeah. yeah. All, all right. So our last magic question, and then we'll head into the non-magic and head into doesn't slap. What happened to Modern Green Planeswalkers? It used to be one of the most popular decks, and it is still good, proven by the people who still play it. What made it be less popular? That's by Mild Pro. Well, like we said earlier, hey, it's back. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the pandemic had something to do with it because like when it was like strongest, um, it was right before the pandemic because it was competing with the um gosh, what's that card? The Eldrazi that exiled your deck. Inverter. 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 Yeah, the inverter the inverter deck. Wow, having a having a day-to-day. Um, so, yeah, I, and I think you are seeing it make a comeback now. So hold hold your horses because it's, it's doing stuff. Well, it's just been like, especially because it, mostly Pioneer has been online. On, I mean, it is all mm-hmm. online, MTGO. Yeah. And the people playing it, like there have been so many cool, like whenever a new set comes out, like there's such a cool, splashy deck in Pioneer. It's like companions and then like all the companions just ran over pioneer. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we had, you know, M21 wasn't that exciting, but like it was there. <laughs> and then we get to send a car. Now it's all like landless decks. Right. And sure. mono green is a great, consistent, fun deck, but it's like, is it as fun as flipping your deck into your library? Is it as fun as playing with a little cat shadow that you get to have as your best friend? No. Right. You know, Mm-hmm. is it better than those things yeah Probably. that's insane yeah the the fact just again like you saw with fave wishes just getting sideboard cards i think that karn getting sideboard cards has been very very strong and like we saw it lines up pretty well against the uh, combo decks where they count on their graveyard you know because you can go get a tormod script very easily so it puts you in a good position there i'm sure there's it's got ways to handle aggro too and you know they pretty frequently hit that karn they're looking for so or or Nissa, which or uh, whichever one that gets screeched out of the sideboard, whichever oh. one they're going for. Yeah. All right. Our last question by Servo Token: Who made the tunes for the intro and does it slap theme? If any of you had any hand in it, want to join my band? Well, 
uh, I forget the name of the artist, but I paid $25 to buy the, the podcasting rights <laughs> yeah. to our theme song. Uh, but I'm sure I can get you the contact information for that, Servo. Uh, Chris, you went ahead and you made the Doesn't Slap theme, but that was just a bunch of sound clips you edited together, right? Yeah, those were uh, non, whatever you want to call it, uh, those public, public in domain. the public domain uh, bass lines that I, I got permission to use and they have a, an open license to broadcast them. Also, you've got to be very careful in this kind of thing, obviously, but unfortunately uh, I'm not somebody who's talented in pretty much any area. So uh, not a, not a musician, but I still do want to join your band. You know what I'm saying? I definitely want to do that. I just yeah. uh, put me on the, the tambourine. You know? Oh, I, I was going to say, can I just, do you remember like ska bands when they would play and they just have the free ride guy who just like skank around on the stage? Like we, that could just be all of, we could just all three be up there just like doing that. That's it. I've got good hip movement. You know what I'm saying? I can yeah, be yeah, your, yeah. Your, your dancer. Uh, and, and that's, that's, that goes the same for all the other uh, little interstitial music that I put on is just, that's just all like royalty free sound clips we grab and add, edit together and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think at this point, our editing skills are the most impressive things. Uh, about us when we're when we're not focused on magic you know as long as i have enough time to edit out all of our filler words yeah very true very true (laughs) all right so i don't know if we have a whole lot of time to get into a full does it slap but i did quickly want to mention of course our winning deck list webcam tournament if you want a little bit of a more deep dive into it it will be this week's deck tech that was up thursday so the day before this podcast comes out i went ahead and i reached out to sir epicness for a little bit more info on the deck and he gave me the go ahead and gave me a neat little primer gave me some points and tips on it so that's gonna be this week's deck tech uh but real quick of course they did uh win with a really sweet celestia enchantress strategy hey mainly built around cards like herald of the pantheon corsair of crew fix uh, big win cons being Satessan champion, Sigil of the Empathy Throne. We have like some Calyxes for value. And, you know, not like I, I don't say that I don't think we've ever talked about a deck that doesn't slap. But when you're you're going to come into our house and you're going to throw it all on the line for that crew three championship and you're going to win it. I think your deck ha- just has to slap like the mm-hmm. most possible slaps like this deck slaps for like the 16 angel tokens we saw them make in like a single turn. Yeah, for sure. And what I love is when I kind of bring up some, some crazy ideas and then people may not even hear them, right? Like I doubt this deck had, you know, or um, any of my suggestions were ever taken, but I just like when I mention ideas and then somebody has it somewhere. So I can see what somebody who actually thought about the deck more than my little ADD brain. Cause I just jump mm-hmm. from thing to thing to thing. You know, I remember talking about the, that enchantment for um, that goes and tutors other enchantments. The myriad, the blue green card. Yeah. Whichever card that is, I was trying to even figure out what it was compared to almost like a food chain type situation. Basically it goes and gets uh, the birthing uh, pod. It, you sack an enchantment, yeah, you get a bigger enchantment. Exactly. Right. It was like a birthing pod type, type effect. I was talking about that. I remember talking about enchantments when Theros was coming out. I was like, man, there's some possibilities here. So it's really makes me happy when, I see people who also had that same idea, but like spent more time to on it and made a deck that I would not have made, right? Probably better than what I would have done. So it makes me happy to see. I mean, I, I watched this deck all day. I commented on this deck. Mm-hmm. I made bad takes and then I changed those takes as I saw good cards out of bad cards. And uh, deck's an engine. It just grinds, 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 grinds. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun. Yep. 
definitely was great to watch. Great to see a deck like this take down our event. And again, if you want a little bit more in-depth deep dive into it, I'll be putting out a deck tech later this week that will also link to a full-on deck primer that Serapicness wrote. So again, the link to that will be in the description of this week's deck tech. So if you want a quick little more in-depth overview, there's the deck tech. If you want a really deep dive, there's a primer in that description. So gentlemen, as we close out here, I want to say thank you for joining on this first year of the show. Uh, it, this went from being uh, just an idea of when Pioneer first got announced and Chris and I were like, hey, you want to do a podcast? I'm sure we get Ricky to do it with us. We should mm-hmm. do a podcast to now a year later. We've got uh, like a 200 person discord. We've got a pretty sweet following. We're just slowly growing and chugging along. We're, we're, we're official content creators in the content creator program. And of course, none of that would be possible without the wonderful people listening to this show right now. So as much as I want to thank Chris and Ricky for joining this ride, I also want to take a second to thank everyone who, you know, especially, you know, we have the people on Patreon donating money to us, but the people who just share the podcast with their friends, like our videos on Facebook, are just so nice to each other in yeah. the Discord. Yeah, like they're so great when they interact. Like I I really didn't think about much about our like this being our one year thing until kind of you brought it up and really brought up kind of how lucky we are to get to interact with uh, with everybody there and people that just keep conversations going and just like, hey, throw this out there and and talk about it. I know we've got people in different time zones, so people just respond days later you know, and whatever. But but uh, we've got people are so nice. People are so interactive. Um, it, we didn't we definitely didn't think we would get the the following that we that we have on this and such wonderful people in, in particular who are always there and always encouraging, right? Like always just like, Oh yeah, you know, so, so nice to us. So uh, it's, it's definitely, you know, uh, sweet, emotional, whatever you want to call it to think about not only the journey this has been, I've been on, we've been on with our friends here, but the people that have kind of come along with this. Um, so yeah. What Did a great time it's been. I'm just considering how, how much I want to get edited out here when I just decide to go uh, four more years. Four more years. <laughs> yeah, at least uh, at least another one, right? You should have said another one. That's you should have uh-huh. gone gone, gone the one. DJ Collard route. Another we're, one. We're 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 gonna have some people shouting stop the podcast. We have some people standing start the shouting start the podcast. Start the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly right. All, all that stuff. I, I'll tell you what. You know, one thing I think you you do bring a good point there is like this next year is gonna be awesome, right? Hopefully, we're gonna get you know, pioneer on MTG arena where we're really going to be able to strut our stuff. Like, I think that's the point where you're going to start to see your boys really uh, kind of get back into tip top shape as far as competitive play. At least I, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, and that's why I was really hoping it would come faster because I think that's going to really ignite that competitive drive in particular in, in me again, to just start putting really better stuff out there for you guys and, and getting testing done so i can make sure that i'm, I'm delivering top quality uh, list to everybody so also when pioneers on arena i will be like a hundred times more willing to try to stream our events on it <laughs> yep yep i think it definitely it definitely looks a lot better i know it'd be, it's hard to splice though it's almost like in some ways weirder but yeah oh i, I would just have just someone share their screen and then we can just try to figure that out i, I wouldn't enough. try to do like side by side hopefully in a tournament spectator mode soon that would be sweet uh but let's let's get pioneer on there first uh, but again, everyone, thank you for, you know, the extra life donations. You know, like I said, e- 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 mon- mon- like the money to help us, the money to help the donations is great. But what helps us the most is getting the word out there, getting people watching, hyping up Pioneer with your friends, getting your community still focused in on Pioneer, sharing the show, talking about the show. 
we wouldn't be here if not for that. And of course, you know, I wouldn't be rem- I would be remiss if I didn't also thank the professor at Tulane Community College for really helping put our name out there when we first started. Great guy. Yeah, and thank, thankful to uh, I mean a lot to Ricky for for yeah Rick obviously us. of course that also goes to Ricky for for putting his foot in the door and uh, getting us that uh, that that connection there. I literally do nothing on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you you said it, not me. <laughs> on that note, should we get to the social handles? <laughs> of course, but we we lo- we love you, Ricky. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> don't, don't make it sound insincere like that. Remember when I used to sleep in the alley for my bad takes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, now you're gonna t- now you're gonna take pies in the face for them instead. Yeah. Oh, 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 if I had it right now, one day we'll have this giant production studio, and the next time Ruckman has that zinger, I'll have a little button for "You got served." <laughs> three more pies. Three more uh, pies. No, 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 three no. more pies. All right. Anyway, you can find me over on the official Crew Three Twitter, running that and just spouting all of my nonsense as I slowly lose my mind working the IT field at Crew Three Podcast on Twitter. You can find Chris at. Uh, at it's underscore Christmas. You can find Ricky at. And also Steve. All right. Wonderful. And of course, if you want more pioneer content, I stream multiple evenings the week on our Twitch channel at crew three MTG. I put out a weekly deck tech at crew three MTG on YouTube. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully decisions are being made soon that I might be writing in the near future as well. So look forward to that. I don't want to try to hype that up. That I've been waiting a month to hear back, but I finally heard that, Hey, a decision should finally be made this week, so we'll see. Nice. So we will be back with year two of Crew 3 starting next week. Uh, so look forward to that. And gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Of course, thank you all for listening. It's been a wonderful first year. Here's to a second year and however many years come after that. We'll talk to you all next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.